listener, thanks for joining us for TRP's weekly podcast. The Restoration Project is a cooperative Baptist fellowship church located in Salisbury, Maryland. We are currently teaching through the book of Exodus. It's an important ancient story about God rescuing the Hebrew people from forced labor in Egypt. This story informs much of what Israel believed about God, and it recurs throughout the Old Testament. The themes sounded in the story ultimately reach their climax in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, who leads people out of a different form of slavery and oppression into life and hope. If you would like more information on the Restoration Project, you can check us out on Facebook or head over to our website at restoresby.org. Enjoy the episode. Well, can we be unholy for a second here? How are your brackets doing? I think that we timed um, church at a very nice moment because the Kentucky game just got over and we've just tipped off. What are you looking at, Pat? What are we following right now? Kansas-Michigan State. There we go. But we're at a a non-critical juncture in the Kansas-Michigan State game, although go Spartans. No? Okay. Um, All right, now let's get back to being holy. So uh, over the last two months, we've been talking about the book of Exodus. And I've said this a few times already, this book is quickly becoming one of my favorite sermon series that we've done. Not only do we get to jump back into the Old Testament, which I think is usually a forgotten section of text within the evangelical church in American culture, um, but we do get to talk about really nerdy things like the ancient Near Eastern background of the Pentateuch. And I know that you guys are super excited about that. So I appreciate you being here. Tonight, however, we are going to silence some of that, um, and we're going to do things a bit different this evening, but I think that we have to set the stage first before we can get to what it is that I have in mind for us to do um, this evening. I've got a bit of a group exercise for us, but for the introverts in the room, it's okay. Relax. You don't need to get your palms all sweaty and right here on the top of your head, because I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than sit in your seat, read and reflect and allow the spirit of God to move in your hearts and minds, okay? There's gonna be no group share. We're not gonna hold hands. It's gonna be okay. Last week, we talked about um, Moses and Aaron who had finally gotten before Pharaoh. The deep background of this book is Moses has been entrusted with a task. God has met him at that famous burning bush scene where an angel of the Lord shows up and entrusts Moses with this task to go back to the land where he grew up, to go back to Egypt and have an audience with the most powerful person in the land. And then to tell that person to let the Israelites go. Moses, uh, upon hearing this, launches into a series of five objections to God's call on his life, ranging from who am I to I need some signs if, the, if anybody's going to believe me to I don't even know what your name is to I have a speech impediment perhaps or don't know the language too well. I need you to show up to finally just saying, please pick anyone other than me. And God has addressed each of these objections. And last week we see Moses and Aaron before Pharaoh and they kind of go in there and you think that they're you know, riding high a bit because they've met with God and God has entrusted them with this task and said that, they, that God will be with them. However, upon first uttering this request slash command of let God's people go, Pharaoh comes back with a really hard no. And the story kind of uh, culminates with Moses and Aaron being booted out of their time with Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh uh, 
giving the taskmasters and the foremen, the Egyptian taskmasters or slave masters that were overseeing this um, servitude and uh, the submission of the Hebrew people. They were overseeing the work that was imposed upon them and the foremen who were actually Hebrew people that were over the work of their own folks. Pharaoh says, let's up the ante a bit on these people. They're lazy. Let's take away the straw that we give them with which to build bricks. The straw is like a binding agent where you take mud from the Nile and you throw some straw in there. And some scholar was talking about like the chemical breakdown of the vegetable decay and neat. (laughs) So they're making bricks with straw, but Pharaoh says, don't let them take the straw anymore. Let them go find their own straw. But the quota of bricks that they're supposed to make, let's not reduce that at all. So this this audience that Moses has with Pharaoh has gone from the request that God told them to request that Pharaoh would send out the people and it has met a strong, hard no from Pharaoh and it's gone even farther than that where the people are now being even more oppressed than they already were because of Moses. You can see the precarious sort of position that he is now in, this guy who was not really a part of them, who had been living out in Midian, and now he's come back, he's convinced everybody that God is with them and God's gonna bring them out of the land and just just trust me, and he gets this audience with Pharaoh, and what happens is these people have even harder days and weeks because of Moses. And the Hebrew foreman, they finally see Moses and Aaron outside of the temple or what have you, and they say, you have made us stink in the nostrils of Pharaoh. What have you done? And this is where we pick up this story uh, that we're looking at this week, although I want to go back and read a couple of verses from last week. This is the end of Exodus 5, when Moses has just heard this from the Hebrew foreman, from his own people who have said, you have really screwed us here, Moses. And this is Exodus 5, beginning in verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord. Now, we don't really know what that means, whether he goes back to the mountain where he met God in that theophanic vision of the, the burning bush or what have you, or if he's just praying to the Lord. We don't really know what this looks like, but Moses does not engage with the people that are um, mad at him. He takes that and then immediately turns to God and says, why, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people one scholar says that this next phrase you could, you could translate, why in the world have you sent me? Moses is not this stalwart leader at this point. He's kind of shaky because he doesn't really trust what God is doing. Why are you sending me? He knows what God has told him, but he doesn't believe it anymore. Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. Moses has been obedient. He has placed himself in the right room with the right people to say the right things. He's been met with a hard no. Now he has heard the chastisement of his own people and he cries out to God and says, why are you doing this to me? You know I didn't want to do this. You know I had those five objections. You know that this isn't my thing. You said you were going to show up. You said you were going to be here, but you haven't done anything. You haven't rescued us at all. And on top of that, you've made our work and our life harder than it was before. Moses, according to one commentator, Moses is seemingly at the end of his rope. 
he's exasperated as we read this text this evening. Now, I wanna do an exercise with you, as I said. Um, I think we've kind of gotten into a rut where you hear a lot from me and we do talk a lot about nerdy stuff when we get into the commentaries tonight. I actually just want to do something quite novel. I'd like to let the Bible speak for itself and I'd like to let the Spirit of God inform us um, and bring illumination in our lives. But in order to do that, I'm gonna read this passage three times. And each different time, I want you to kind of own the um, situation in life of a certain character. In this first read-through, I want you to think as if you are Moses and hear these words that are coming from God to you as one who has been hurt, jaded, you're kind of on the edge of doubt, you're on the edge perhaps of giving up, you're starting to say things like, you haven't shown up at all, you haven't been here, you haven't done anything that you said. And I want you to begin to hear this passage as someone that's bringing that to the text. It's always dangerous, folks. It's always dangerous to psychologize the Bible. But I think that if we allow ourselves to kind of get into the mindset of Moses here as he's hearing these words, that we can bring something away for ourselves. So this is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna read through the text um, and then I'm gonna show some prompts on the screen. Can you guys all read that okay? Okay, I think the best and most effective way that this will work is I'll just sit up here and click us through and I really want you to engage this stuff. I know the temptation will be to check those scores, to shoot off that text or tweet or snap or whatever you guys are into these days, but just give me 15 minutes and I think that we can actually see some stuff happen in our lives here, okay? So this is the passage and I want you to hear this through the ears of Moses as one who has been hurt, who's on, on the edge of, of doubt and not necessarily trusting. This is Exodus chapter six, beginning in verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God." Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, go, Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? Now with this as the background, I want you guys to engage in this passage, listening through the ears of Moses. 
think this is interesting because so many of us, if we're honest with ourselves, we understand where he's coming from. God, the things that you said you're gonna do, you haven't. We haven't seen them. We're beginning to cower in fear and ask questions and doubt. And the words that God speaks to Moses are not this, just this ancient text to an ancient person, but I think they're also words that speak to us today. I am the Lord. I have heard the groans of my people. I remember what I've promised. When we hear with the ears of Moses, what is it that you hear today? The second group of people that I want you to contemplate this evening is this group of Israelite slaves, the people who have not had the audience with Pharaoh. They've been, um, they've been waiting for Moses to deliver them and for Moses to do the things that he said that he was going to do. And if you picked up on this, there's a, a line or a verse in this passage that we have this evening that's telling in verse nine, it says, Moses reported all this stuff that God tells him to speak to the Israelites. He reports this to them, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor, because of the things that they were going through in their lives. Moses's words didn't carry any more weight. They had no straw. They still had to get all these bricks together. They couldn't do it. They were getting beat. Their situation in life was not one where they wanted to hear from Moses anymore. I'm going to go through this same passage, and I want you to hear through the ears of the Israelites this evening. It's Exodus chapter 6, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant." Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, go, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? So Moses seems to be dealing with doubt and question. The Israelites seem to be dealing with resentment and anger. 
And perhaps for some of us in this space this evening, we fit into one of those two categories. Perhaps we can identify with Moses and the doubts and the questions and the things that don't seem to be happening or the lack of deliverance and the lack of reconciliation and the lack of restoration or perhaps more like the Israelites, we're just angry. And we have resentment and callousness built up towards God and the things that he used to do, the ways that we used to interact, the, the relationship that so-and-so has that I don't have. And we just have this resentment. We have this anger that's built up towards God and God's messages is bold and it's powerful, but are we able to even hear it? Moses proclaims this truth to them. I am the Lord and I will deliver and I will bring you out of captivity and I will give you this land and I will grant it to you as an inheritance and I will be your God and you will be my people. But are we just not able to hear that? Like the Israelites in this passage, because of circumstance and because of the things that we've been through and because of the things that we've seen, are we just filled with resentment and anger and bitterness? The last character, perhaps you can guess, in this story that plays a a pretty dominant role is God. And I want you to hear these words not necessarily as we're trying to crawl up into the mind of God and understand who he is and what he's up to, but I at least want us to hear the heart of God as he is communicating these words to his people and perhaps being able to move from the doubt and the questions and the resentment and the anger to hear the truth that is embedded in these words, even when our situations and our circumstances do not make that very easily attainable for us. So I'm going to go through one more time and I'm going to read this passage and I want you to hear the heart of God as he makes these claims and makes these commitments to his people and hopefully we can take some of those and grab them for ourselves through Christ and through the sacrifice that he has wrought on our behalf. This is Exodus chapter six. Then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment." I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hands to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me since I speak with faltering lips? The word of God for the people of God. I understand that this passage 
uh, it's for an ancient people. It's set within an ancient context. But I also understand that as Christians, as people that have devoted themselves and claimed allegiance to following Christ as Lord, that some of these same promises are no less true for us in the midst of our own doubt and questions, in the midst of our own resentment and anger, in the midst of our own confusion, in the midst of our own uh, perhaps just the ruts of life where we're seeking and hoping and praying for some sort of direction and vision and it's not coming. We still have those promises where Jesus says, I will be with you until the end of the age. We still have these promises where God wants to be in relationship with us so desperately that his son puts death and evil and sin to death on the cross for us. The lengths to which God goes for relationship with us knows no bounds. As Paul would say, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing. Neither famine nor death. Nothing can separate us. Yet I also know that those moments of struggle are real in our lives, whether they be induced by school, induced by relationships, induced by finances, induced by work, induced by the relationships of people that are broken around us. I know that there's Moses moments for us when we say, God, you're not doing what you say that you are doing. And I know there's Israelite moments for us when we say it might just not be worth it because every time I try, I just get beat harder but I want us to at least pause and remember and reflect the words from the king that we serve who says, I will be with you. Whoever believes in me is becoming a son and a daughter of the most high God. Regardless of what you've heard, regardless of the narrative that has been given to you as you've walked into this space, regardless of the no's that you have heard or the rejections that you have heard or the identity crisis that you are having or those issues with self-worth that you are having, hear the words from the Most High God who says, you are loved and I will be with you. I will be with you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he was eating with his friends. As he was eating with his friends, he took bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it, saying, this is my body that's broken for you. Whenever you are together and you're eating this bread, remember me. At the same meal, Jesus took the cup and he passed it amongst his friends, saying, this cup is the blood of the new covenant that's shed for you. Whenever you're together and you're eating this bread and you're drinking this cup, remember me. This evening, I would invite you, as we do each week, although this is going to look a little bit different. Introverts, don't worry. It'll be okay. I want you to take a moment. And as we've reflected on this same passage three times, I hope that the Spirit has shown up, and I hope that the Spirit has revealed some stuff to you, perhaps the things that you needed to hear in your life, those uh, affirmations of presence and that God is with you in the midst of the mess that you are going through. Or perhaps your life is, is good and you can still hear that God will hold true to his promises. This evening, I do hope that as we move from our seats and we walk down this aisle, and as you come up and you take some of the bread and you dip it into the cup, and then you receive it right here, my hope is that we will be reminded 
that regardless of what it is that we've heard, regardless of what it is that we're going through, regardless of what it is that we are dealing with at this present moment, that the presence of Christ meets us in this place as we remember his broken body and his shed blood that has been offered for us. Let us not take that for granted. Let us not forget that. And let us not leave here unchanged as we remember and as we celebrate what Jesus has done for us. This table is open to all, regardless of what it is that you have done with your life, regardless of where it is that you are. If this is your moment where you make a confession and you make that move, and if this means more than just the weekly routine, if this means that you're gonna put a flag in the ground and begin to follow Jesus and begin to say that Christ is Lord and whatever it is that he's calling you to and whatever it is that he's leading you into, you will go. And we celebrate that with you this evening. And you have a community here with you that will be in the trenches in the midst of your Moses moments and your Israelite moments as you are just dealing with doubt and bitterness and resentment and anger at how life has turned out. May this moment reveal to you a different way where life is about the hope that we have in Jesus. And may we collectively affirm the hope that Jesus will make good on his promises for us. So when you guys are ready, you can come on up and you can serve yourself some of this bread and dip it into the cup and then um, prayerfully receive it here and then we'll end with a prayer. Thanks again for joining us. If you live in the Salisbury area, we invite you to visit us for one of our weekly services on Sunday evenings at 5.30 p.m. Whatever your story is, there's room for you here. And again, if you'd like more information, please visit our website at restoresby.org. Hope to see you soon.